0: Centurion away clean again. Thrilling Rogue away fast. He's going to hit him today. It's Thrilling Rogue to the lead from Centurion. Two lengths away. No keeper starts to give chase. We go back in the pack there to Claus and Leo. No account. Roger Bale back. Second to last. Rohan Bale and Willeen Bale can see them all. Into the final lap. They are all Kevies off heels. In front leading the way. Thrilling Rogue two and a half lengths to Centurion. No keeper starts to get going again. There's four lengths away to Claus and Leo. No account. Roger Bale. Rohan Bale and Willeen Bale. It's Thrilling Rogue in front. What have you got, keeper? He gets to the outside of Centurion. He starts to put in. It's Thrilling Rogue in front. No keeper starting to get after him, but he won't get him. Thrilling Rogue. Too good. Beats home. No keeper.
1: That was Andy McCook's commentary of the 2022 Rosen Thistle New Zealand Stars Cup over the 732 metres. Thrilling Rogue. For owner Gary Harding, trainer Karen Walsh defeating... The New Zealand Greyhound of the Year, uh, no keeper, an outstanding display. And Andy McCook, who called his very first Cup Night action, joins us now on the show Dog Speed. Uh, Andy, firstly, congratulations to your efforts on Thursday night. Have you listened back to the calls a few times? Yeah, cheers, Ross. pleasure to be on the show. Uh, you yes, certainly have, especially the cup call. I uh, wanted to
0: wanted to try and make sure I got that one fairly right and uh, luckily it all sort of fell into place and uh, Opawa Superstar was uh, was just simply too good on the occasion, which was uh, was good to see. So just pleased the night went well. No major hiccups, which is always a bonus and uh, the first one's under the belt.
1: <laughs> no, look, nicely done. and We're going to play Opawa Superstars New Zealand Cup as well uh, later in the show before we chat to co-owner Uh, Alan Davidson. Um, Andy you've always struck me as a pretty calm unflustered sort of individual Uh, we've put you under pressure a few times there at trackside with various things you've uh, always come through it are you like a duck it's calm on the, the surface and underneath it's a bit different or is that just your general demeanor my friend?
0: Oh, a, a little bit, a little bit duck-like. Uh, it's a little bit different on the surface to underneath, but not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I, I was a little bit worried Thursday night that the nerves might have started to kick in, sort of a couple of minutes out. But uh, sort of luckily, I, I sort of had a, a few people tell me, "Hey, it's it's just another eight dog race. Just treat it like another eight dog race. It's, you know, don't try not to get nervous." And uh, and and luckily, the the nerves sort of stayed fairly well in check and, and they never really came, which was good. So uh, we were able to get through it relatively, relatively uh,
1: stressless. What was it like sort of uh, in the week building up, uh, Andy, because kind of a different week for you, because normally you're calling four Christchurch meetings a week. And of course, all that changes in Cup Week. Plus, I know you're engaged in, in, in working on uh, Trotting Cup Day uh, as well at the track. So how did you sort of pace yourself? How did you get through? And um, did 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 you feel that that sort of that that different week didn't upset you too much? Didn't upset the rhythm?
0: It was it was actually pretty good to be fair. It was a, a little bit of a break from from the commentating side of things, which is good when you you know came in sort of a little bit fresh. I, I hadn't called a meeting since the the rangi the, the Friday beforehand, but the week leading up to it was was relatively busy. Still, obviously, as you said, I'd mc the a tent on that on Trotting Cup Day and. And had a, a couple of shows and uh, obviously our greyhound show that we did for Trackside and, uh, and a couple of shifts as well. So it meant that I was still busy and didn't really give me a whole lot of time to think about uh, uh, about what was coming up and, and what Thursday held for me. So it, it meant I could sort of just carry on with my week and obviously still get out and, uh, and help with the dogs from time to time and all of that sort of stuff just to try and keep my mind off it, which I think was probably a fairly decent aid as well.
1: Andy, I don't want to delve too much into your subconscious because I'm very afraid of what we might find there, but I do understand uh, that you may have had the odd anxiety dream leading up, and, and as a, a fellow commentator, um, not one that's called a, a race as big as, as the Cup, but um, I, I know how that feels. So um, what was that like for you, and is that, is that sort of um, you know traditional for you, so to speak? It's quite a strange feeling, Rosso, to
0: be fair. It, it was it was the night before and uh yeah, we could to bed at a had a relatively decent sleep, but uh certainly had a, a couple of uh I was gonna call them dreams, but I guess they're more like nightmares where I sort of rocked up <laughs> to Eddington and, 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 and had had no binoculars and I leave a spare set at Addington just in case anything goes wrong and I do forget the good ones and uh I got there and I thought, Well that's all right, I got the backup set and uh, unfortunately they were they were broken, They'd somehow be broken so <laughs> sitting there about to call a New Zealand Cup with no binoculars, which is never ideal... Then, of course, a second dream happened, Rosso, where I was calling a New Zealand Cup, but it wasn't even Addington Race when I got lost. Couldn't find the commentary box, so I missed it. But, um, <laughs> of course, luckily, that didn't actually happen on the day we got there. We had the binoculars, and uh, I did check about 17 times before we hopped in the van to get it. that I had the binoculars. And uh, I think uh, Janine and young Jack Johnson, they worked for me, were getting sick of me saying, shit, I've got those binoculars, haven't I? Because uh, it, it did happen a few times, but luckily we had them on and, uh, and everything went
1: smoothly. Yeah, no, no, thanks for that background, uh, Andy. It, it, it's, it's quite fascinating. Um, look, we, we just played the New Zealand Stayers Cup, and I'd quite like your comments on that particular race and also what it's like when you're calling a champion, like no keeper, and that's what he is. Um, and obviously you're kind of willing him to win. But then he gets beaten, and he gets beaten by, by a terrific dog uh, who was just beautifully set. For the race, what was that like, and how do you stop yourself from sort of preempting what you think, you know, what the market's kind of telling us should happen? It's it's one of those things. I, I sort of try and
0: go into to every call with uh, with no real thoughts on well, Obviously, I have thoughts on the outcome, but I, I try not to preempt things because. It's greyhound racing, and as we know, things happen, and as it turned out, that's what happened in the Stayers Cup. He he just got it wrong. Uh, Keeper, as he was uh, trying to navigate a clean path around the outside of Centurion, he went inside, he had to check off heels, and and unfortunately, he, he lost a couple of lengths of momentum, and 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 that was probably the difference between first and second, not wanting to take anything away from Rogue, because very good greyhound in his own right, and if we didn't have a greyhound of the calibre of no keeper then he's the greyhound we'd probably be talking about for the last six months. So he's very good and he did what he had to do. It was a good performance from not only him but his trainer Karen Walsh, because I don't think many gave him much of a hope once the draws came out of being able to clear them cleanly and get across to the rail where he wants to be, but he was able to do it with relative ease. Obviously, on the corner, Rozzo, as you say, willing keeper to get the job done. He's the star act of New Zealand racing at the moment in terms of greyhounds. He's, uh, just he, He's been able to conquer everything in front of him so far. and I mean, his stake earnings would have been up and over 300000 or very close to it had he got the job done, which is just a phenomenal feat for a New zealand bred greyhound. So, obviously, we wanted him to win, but as we know, Rosso, it's greyhound racing. No such thing as certainties and even the machines, like no keeper get it wrong from time to time, which I think makes us all feel a little bit good about life when we get things wrong, knowing that a dog is good as keeper can too.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. And yeah, like you say, he's um, 281,000 in the bin now and and more to come. But on this occasion, thrilling road. Gary Harding, the owner, he trained the winner of the New Zealand Stayers Cup at Eddington back in 2009 on his own account, Vavatos, and then of course Karen Walsh, uh, won it with Gary Harding's uh, ownership in the Outstanding Hall of Fame stay at Thrilling Brat in 2013. Andy, before we let you go, I'd just like your summation on the Suck It Up Limited New Zealand Greyhound Cup, won by a power superstar, but potentially a race for the ages.
0: I think I was very, very lucky to be calling that race, Roger. That could very well be one of the best New Zealand Cups of all time in terms of the Greyhound Code. Gee, to be honest, I I thought once Federal Infrared just tore to the lead like she did, it was probably tea and toast for the rest of them, but she just got niggled a little bit by her kennelmate Mustang, Charlie, leaving the back, and I think it might be that case if it's the first time she's seen a bend at Addington Raceway with a greyhound to her outside. She's just been freewheeling in front up until that point out in front, and she got to that point, a couple of greyhounds outside of her and a couple of big greyhounds, one of them in particular, obviously, Charlie, obviously, uh, a Paso superstar, not very big in terms of stature, but uh, certainly big in terms of ability. So she was still very good. Obviously, she's been beaten less than uh, less than two lengths by a greyhound too. Uh, could be one of the very best New Zealand breeds we've seen. He's closing in on a quarter of a million dollars. He's only had 40 starts. You've got to take your hat off to Team Fahey, who were able to nail their 10th winning of the Cup, and with a greyhound too, has had a few issues. He's he's only had the 40 starts, and for a greyhound too. Uh, started racing in August of last year. That's not very many. He's had a few issues. He would have earned a whole lot more had he got through his career with nothing going on in his life. But Gene and David Fahey have done a super job in getting him where he wants to be. And Rosso, as we come to expect, year on year, they peak them on the right day. And that tends to be early November. They just have that knack of getting them right when the money's up and when the big one's on their back doorstep. And they do it year in year out and we saw it on the undercard as well obviously with opawa rider who was very good in what was a fairly roughly run galaxy but superstars just beyond words to be fair and lucky for me as a caller Rosso, because a greyhound who's called opawa superstar he just kind of lends himself the name just lends itself for something to roll off the tongue
1: (laughs) indeed andy and it was a beautiful delivery from you and congratulations of course to gene and dave fahey and the team there because their 10th New Zealand Cup since 2006, quite remarkable, well done to the uh, Lisa Cole team as well, 2nd, 3rd and 4th outstanding runs from them all, and sharing some uh, text messages with uh, Brendan Cole, uh, also of a mind of of what Andy mentioned there, just that Mustang Charlie sort of looming up outside of Federal Infrared, just putting a slightly off her game uh, over those concluding stages, but the three Cole runners or performed exceptionally well. Andy, um, look, uh, the highs of the New Zealand Cup, and now of course you go back to your lower grade racing and sort of your four times a week kicks in again. So that'll be a new experience for you as well, sort of coming off that high.
0: Yeah, it certainly will be. It certainly will be. I I think I'm relatively lucky in the aspect where I just absolutely love what I do. So obviously we love going in and calling the big ones, and, and we love getting to to call greyhounds of the the calibre that went around in in Thursday night's finals and the undercard because the entire field was just, you know, absolutely uh, outstanding. But, uh, you know, to be fair, I I get a kick out of, you know, calling the little guys winning on a a low grade as well and getting the Maidens and the C1s and just seeing where the future lies for greyhound racing, which at the moment, uh, particularly in Canterbury, is very strong with uh, what we have coming through the ranks.
1: Indeed, Andy. Hey, congratulations once again on, on Thursday night. You really brought the night to life, and it was a, it was a great deal of fun to be part of it.
0: My pleasure, Rosal. Absolute pleasure to be not only there, but a part of your show today as well.
1: Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.